Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. I understand what it feels like to live under expectations and programming that are not aligned with who you are. I learned to write my own story in my year of Jess, and I want to guide you as you write the story of you. Your beauty, power, and value are already in there, in you. It's time to rise into it and uncage the limitless experience that is you. You've been held back for far too long. It's time, time to take your pen back and write the story of you. If this makes your heart leap even just a little bit, let's talk. You can find out more about working with me on my website at jessicatravis.com. I hope to hear from you soon. So today on this episode, I am doing something just a little bit different. Um, It's a special time of year for me. Um, I am celebrating two years since I got rid of a tumor in my head. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, as you just heard, I have a special guest with me who um, is going to ask me some questions this time. (laughs) I'm not going to be the one asking the questions so much. Um, Hopefully we just have a conversation, but today I have my husband, Casey, on the podcast with me. Hi. Hi. (laughs) My voice is a little deeper than... My normal guest? Normal guest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Casey and I normally do a podcast together called Sacred Spaces Podcast, Um, where we just have very um, transparent conversations together. Um, But we're switching um, things up a little bit today, um, both for how we do that podcast and for how I normally do this one. Um, I felt like it was was an opportunity to um, kind of, I don't know, I guess share where I'm at in what I celebrate um, at this two-year mark 
And I thought it would be good since you shared that whole journey with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess you kind I of did, were there. I? Yeah, <laughs> that um, that we talk about this together, and we don't have anything scripted today. We don't have anything um, tightly planned, other than a conversation around this. Mm. Um, and um, I just feel like sometimes we go through some really hard things in life, um, whether they're uh, surprises like mine was, or they're things that we find ourselves in by our own choices. And we need to celebrate, um, when we, I don't know, sometimes it's getting to the other side yeah. or, uh, the success of living out that difficulty in our life. And if I'm going to be true to the essence of this podcast, um, that part of my story was a catalyst to understanding this uh, human connection for myself. Mm. So I feel like this is uh, an important um, conversation to have. Yeah, and like you said, it's not a scripted conversation. Um, we haven't, I mean, we've said, let's talk about the anniversary but we haven't actually talked about it yet until no. right now in this moment. So this yeah. is a very real conversation too. Yeah. I did plan one thing and that oh. is that, um, you and I both have a glass of red wine in front of us mm. and I felt like, um, if we're going to talk about celebration, we uh, should celebrate. we should celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. so we're going to be enjoying a glass of red wine while we, um, have this, uh, conversation. Um, I think I'm kind of wanting you to, I don't know, uh, journey me through some things. I'm not honestly sure what sure. Uh, I need to uh, to talk about in this. Um, you observe things in my daily life that um, are now my new normal that um, sometimes I forget are existing. And yeah. so maybe you can help with that too. Um, you know, one thing that I think of just immediately is just a, like a very quick recap of what it is that we're celebrating. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you've told your story in detail out there in our Sacred Spaces mm -hmm. podcast. Um, but, you know, not everybody that's listening to this podcast may have heard that. Right. And, and not to go into the whole story again, but just to kind of mm -hmm. recap that... You know, we, and, I, and for me, I you know if this was for you, this was going on for a long time, but for me, this was an instant in time where all of a sudden you said to me, holy shit, I just lost part of my vision. And you like grabbed onto a wall yeah. and I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, you tell me later after that, that you've been noticing a problem for a while. Mm-hmm. But that was the first I heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you just, you, you just didn't tell me because you didn't want me to worry about it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's a part of that that's, uh, yeah, I didn't want you to, to worry. But at the same time, I also wasn't really recognizing what was happening. Right. Um, as for what it was. Um, I just honestly thought I needed to get a new prescription for my glasses. You know, <laughs> right. I was an orthodontist assistant at the time and was struggling more and more to be able to, to see 
in the dark chasm of a mouth (laughs) Um, and be able to, uh, it was really, it was my depth perception that I was noticing Mm -hmm. um, not existing very well. And then, then there was a moment, there was a day where I was like, wow, I, if I cover my right eye, I really can't see. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't able to self-remedy that. And that progressed rather quickly over a very mm-hmm. short period of time and us playing through a number of different scenarios, like what if scenarios with doctors of mm-hmm. could it be this, could it be that, you know, to you know, right. to finally landing on it absolutely is a tumor. Here's a picture of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a tumor at the very back of my left eye cone, my yeah. ocular cone. So, um, and it was sitting on my optic nerve. Yeah. Um, cutting off the blood supply um, to the nerves. So uh, it must have at some point um, grown or moved in a way yeah. that made that uh, like a significant. Out. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, prior to the, the year prior to the sur- the actual craniotomy that we're celebrating today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It sounds kind of funny to celebrate a craniotomy, but it is. <laughs> um, but... They had done a nasal decompression, yeah. trying to just take some pressure off it. They had talked about needing, possibly needing at some point to go in and remove it, but it would be this fairly right. simple procedure. Right. That progressed into no wait. There's this one little complication that all of a sudden made it a life, possibly a life-threatening procedure. And right. we would have to, you know, you'd have, you were looking now at a craniotomy rather than an eye surgery. Mm-hmm. And Which ironically was the safest thing we could do right, was right. to... And we looked at all the yeah. options, all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until we were finally sitting there and with a um, with a surgeon talking us through how he scoops your brain out of the way and how he goes into the your <laughs> optic cone through the through your brain cavity and um, and... You know, they pop the tumor out there and, you know, and, and then he says, and we have you on the schedule for next week. I mean, it, it like almost progressed that fast. And yeah. we were like trying to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally re- resigning ourselves to, yes, this absolutely had to happen. Mm-hmm. You put your foot down on the time frame, though. And so we postponed it a yeah. few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we were in for surgery. Mm-hmm. And... That was the longest five hours of my life. And, you know, just waiting, knowing that you're in there literally with your face folded up around your chin. And the front of your skull (laughs) pulled off, your brain exposed to the lights of the surgical room, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm sitting here in the waiting room and I'm, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. all of this as I'm waiting for you. And then you coming out of there you know, taking a long time to wake up. <laughs> um, it 
worried the shit out of me until Kaylee reminded me that, you know, you are heavily affected by <laughs> anesthesia and it takes you, it always takes you a long time to wake up because you'd had a couple of procedures at this point. Yeah. Uh, and um, side note, Kaylee is our oldest daughter. Yes. Who was sorry. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to literally being back to almost full-time work two weeks after that. So, I mean, it's like you, we just like say that real quick. We just say all those things real right. quick. And well, we didn't say them real quick in the other podcast. It actually took us multiple episodes yeah. to get to what you just described. It is very, it is a very full, deep story. Yeah. Um, so to, if that's of interest to people, it is there on our other podcast to listen to, starting with episode yeah. two. But, um, but it did feel almost that fast-paced. Yes, life, that's what I'm saying. Life yeah. uh, stopped. Or it, 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 just, it happened so fast, and yet it was all in slow motion at the same right. time. Right, And um, we had all these risks on the table um, of whether we removed the tumor or not, whether it was cancerous or not. Um, but... The conclusion was that no matter what kind of tumor it was, which we wouldn't know till it was out, um, it had to come out. Yeah. And so um, being such a packed, full experience of um, rapid-fire decisions Mm -hmm. that launched us on that day, July 12th, 2018... Um, it was a miracle day at Mm -hmm. the same time because the tumor was out. We were never going to, uh, have to contemplate the effects of that tumor on me anymore. Um, so we, we do celebrate it because it changed us. Um, it changed the direction of my life. Um, not because of... Um, you know, it wasn't cancerous, so I don't have to deal with that. It didn't change things in in terms of illness. It changed things in terms of perspective and priority. Yeah. Um, And really honestly led me to this very moment right here where um, I value things differently and chose a path in my life that... um, yeah, it's directly affected yeah. by that day. Before we go there, mm-hmm. can I just say what I'm celebrating? Yeah, absolutely. I keep if hitting. You keep, if you stop I, you know, hitting your mic. <laughs> I keep hitting my mic because I think I'm, you know, uh, it's a it's a it's a big topic, and yeah, um, I can feel the whole thing in my body, head to toe, when yeah. we talk about this. Yeah. So I think I'm a little unaware of my mic in the process of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, for me, um, I'm celebrating that you're still here. Hmm. I mean, let's just let's yeah. just start with the big thing. Yeah. This was a craniotomy, mm-hmm. um, and one that we were given warnings to. 
that there was a number of things that could go wrong in this process. Yeah. And I genuinely had to sit there contemplating whether you were coming out of this mm-hmm. or not. I do remember um, we described this in the other podcast, but I do remember very vividly the night before the surgery mm-hmm. and laying um, in bed with you and I I begged you, do I have to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I just say no? I don't want to do this. Yeah. I didn't know one if I would wake up and two who I would be when I woke up. Yeah. You're playing with my brain, you know, yeah. for five hours. Yeah. You know? Oh, and the and the encouragement that we got from our surgeon was <laughs> that um not that there wouldn't be any brain damage, but that, of course, there would be some brain damage. But you don't really use that part of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his sense of humor. But I think the the reality part of that comment was we're not doing this and no. expecting there won't be damage. No. It, I mean, in his very dry sense of humor, he's like, we, we literally are moving your brain back. I just described the process. We put a paddle in there and pull your brain back so we can get to the tumor. You, you, you got to take this seriously. There are yeah. risks. Yeah. And so I celebrate that you're here. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you're still here. And I, I think about that all the time. I mean, like mm-hmm. I literally think about that all the time. You're still here. I still, I was going to say, I still have you. Um, I still have you in my life. <laughs> you just finished a podcast talking about feminism with somebody yeah, on your lunches podcast. Which is why I caught myself. Yes, you did. <laughs> I do not have you. <laughs> I just I'm love how aware that. you are. <laughs> um, the, the second thing that I celebrate is that you have almost full sight back. Um, (laughs) and you were blind in that eye. Yeah. I mean, aside from just like this teeny tiny little percentage, like a sliver of vision that you still had, Mm -hmm. you were blind in that eye. Mm -hmm. They never expected the sight to return. Mm -mm. In fact, what we were told over and over again is we're just trying to save what is, what is still there. And and Um, actually save my eyeball itself so yes. that I wouldn't have to have my eye removed. Yeah, so you wouldn't have to wear a glass eye. Right. Yeah. Right. And instead, you've gained almost your full sight back. 2010 in that eye now versus 2250 was the last eye test I had prior to surgery. And 2010 uh, is better than my right eye, what I would would have called my good eye. Um, so, but yeah. that's with, I mean, obviously with contacts, corrected vision. So, um, it, it is, it's not just that we saved my eye and yeah. I mean, there, there was just there was so many things that, uh, were on the table as far as right. what could happen. Now that doesn't mean I am not left with idiosyncrasies. No, but, but we should like fully talk about that. Yeah. I, I mean, we should, cause that's actually a question that I, I do have for you is like for you just to lay out mm-hmm. the the things that you do deal with because those are significant too. They are. They're daily. Um, yeah. Um, but I would say too that the third thing 
that I celebrate is that, again, it gave us a new lease on life. It gave us an, an, like, we came out of all of this saying what really matters, Mm -hmm. what, what really matters. Um, and we started taking inventory of our life and, and making decisions and determinations on things that just, that really mattered to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I, that's what I celebrate today. Yeah. Um, I, and of course there are other things that, too, but I would say those are probably the, the top three things. So what do you celebrate? Like when you think about this, this process, your journey, of course, was much different than mine because it was you. It was your body. It was your trauma. Mm-hmm. It was all, you know, what do you celebrate? Can I drink my wine, or do we have yeah, to do a I cheers? Started, you I did. Oh, drinking. I didn't know if we were supposed okay, to toast do you wanna, first. Do you want to toast? Then I feel yes. Okay, yeah. here we go. Here's, here's the Here's clink. to you and to oh, that wasn't very good. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> and do the health of your whole self. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to drink now too. You oh, can't just okay. Let me drink I get now. to drink. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, now I can keep sipping on my wine as we talk. I've just been sitting here patiently yeah. waiting. And for my friend Haley, who I know is going to listen to this podcast, uh, that was a Syrah. Um, and a Shiraz. This is a Syrah, right? This is a Shiraz. <gasps> this one is? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even better, Haley. Um, I'm just, I shouldn't have corrected you no, on no, your no, own no. podcast. <laughs> no, They're it's very okay. close. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, Haley was one of my previous podcast interviews, and we talked about loving the same wine. So I have to shout out that we um, are enjoying one that nice. we had talked about. Um, what do I celebrate? Yeah. Um, obviously, that I am alive. I mean, because that was just such a pivotal moment of wrestling with mortality in that regard. And um, I am, like you, uh, grateful for having eyesight. Um, even in the healing process, we weren't sure what or if, uh, if it was going to be worse than when I went in or, (laughs) um, but, um, I, I am, I gosh, I like you. I am a grateful celebratory of the changes that it, the, the space that it created for me Mm. to, um, it's, it's almost like it gave me permission to, make new decisions for myself. Um, you know, when you're given a chance, when you face mortality and then you're given this opportunity to live, it becomes really valuable. And so you don't want to throw it away on stuff that doesn't matter. So for that, I'm really grateful. I'm also grateful. Um, there was a part of this whole process that, um, our oldest daughter was in a really bad space in life when we um, entered this journey, and um, it was in this journey where she made some life decisions that completely, completely turned her life around mm. to a new direction and a space where she's really proud of who she is, um, you know, in this day. So um, it's not just about me. Yes, it was. Yeah. It, it affected all of us, and I recognize that. Um, I think the process itself um, a, a sh- revealed to me 
that trusting myself um, was not only okay, um, but it it was good. Mm-hmm. So in that, I mean that ultimately, I know we were making these decisions together collectively, you know, going through what the doctors were saying and, you know, bouncing all the options off of each other. But ultimately, I still had to be the one that climbed into that bed at the hospital and said yes and signed the papers, right? Absolutely. And so there had to be a resolve within myself to be able to do that. Now, granted, I did ask for some help with medication prior <laughs> to calm the nerves, but um, but ultimately I still had to agree to that too. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I really, I really had to trust myself to... Um, make it that day to make it into that room that day because ultimately I had to live with whatever consequences were on the other side of uh, that surgery. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much, so much inside the story. I'm trying not to go there because I know we already have before, but um, I think the the uh, the other thing that I am celebrating is that because of the idi- idiosyncrasies that I now have, the little hiccups in my life, um, the <laughs> daily things that I deal with, um, that I have to listen to me a lot more. Um, I have to, uh, tune into my body and listen to what it has capacity for. Right. Um, I don't get to just run it into the ground like I used to. So let's just, let's, let's talk about that in detail then. Okay. Um, rather than kind of skirting around it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because you do, I mean, there are lasting effects. You, yeah. you can't open up, you know, your skull and not have, mm-hmm. you know, lasting effects from that. And there, there are some things you have significantly struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and just for the, you know, jumping the storyline here, we did have a second craniotomy four months later. Didn't. I had, <laughs> I put you through that again, yeah. but um, yeah, there was a second one four months later to um, to reconstruct my eye cone. wasn't what we were expecting, but it was necessary to be able to move forward. So yeah. um, it was definitely a quality of life. That was a quality of life decision yes. on that one because yeah, because you were everything was back together, mm-hmm. but you you were having an issue that caused you to like any level of activity at all caused your vision to bounce around and literally literally caused my eyeball to bounce inside yeah. my socket the the um pulsating of my main artery in my brain was engaging was the optic nerve on your optic nerve <laughs> causing, causing your my eye to, to bounce move. so yeah. my heart rate goes up i start to run i start to work out i climb stairs whatever and my heart rate goes up and my eye starts to pulsate and which just, which just makes Floored you, yeah. yeah. Like you, like you would become nauseous. You would, mm-hmm. you would lose your balance. You would trip over things. You'd, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it was serious. Um, so yeah, we there was a second procedure mm-hmm. um, that happened in 
Um, no, December. December. So July that's right, was that's the first right, one. It was right. right before Christmas. Because we were trying to get it. Yeah, that's right. We were trying to get it in um, in the same insurance year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the one. freebie. It was the buy one, get, <laughs> get one. one on, free, they yeah. had a buy one, get one on, on craniotomies that year. <laughs> I, <Bogo. know. laughs> I actually told the neurosurgeon that um, <laughs> when we went in. He's like, well, we could schedule this, you know, sometime March. And I said, um, can we do December before the end of the year? He's like, I don't have anything in my schedule where I can do that. And I said, no, I seriously need the buy one, get one free because I can't do this twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what kinds of lasting effects from the craniotomy mm-hmm. do you have? Um, and I guess from the tumor too, because they're still, I mean, yeah. like I said, most of your vision is back, but there, you still struggle mm-hmm. with some things. Well, because um, there was so much nerve reconstruction, reconstruction um so many things work that they weren't expecting to just the fact that my eyebrow lifts my eyelid opens and closes we weren't if it didn't close we were gonna have a problem my eye would dry out we'd have to remove the eye so some of those things that we think are so basic um you don't have a lazy eye no and and i spent several months with one of the nerves not working prop uh correctly um, so it was causing my left eye to stay inward. So basically a crossed, you know, crossed mm-hmm. eye. And um, so that gave me double vision. And uh, over time, um, or actually it wasn't even over time, it was like one day, all of a sudden it's just, it synced. But there is a limitation in that. So there's a peripheral vision um, on my left side and on the lower part of my eye where um, if the my eyeball won't make those complete rotations, so I can't see without seeing double vision in those zones. Um, yeah, that's ongoing. Yes. That's ongoing. Yeah. Um, when I wake up in the morning or when I'm really tired at night, uh, that it seems to be that that muscle or the nerves or whatever just... Um, it takes some time to so wake up. So it needs up. to warm up a little I bit guess. or something. Yeah. yeah, because I wake up with double vision. Um, right. So um, it takes a little while for that. So I find myself needing to prepare for my day a little bit earlier, give mm-hmm. myself more time because it's just a little bit more to navigate. Um, uh, let's see. The nerves are a funny thing. Um there's some things that I expected would go away over time, and they haven't. Two years later, they they're still there. Mm-hmm. But if we, if I touch the tip of my nose, it's like I didn't know you could feel things in your eyelashes. <laughs> but if I touch the tip of my nose, I think somebody is rubbing the eyelashes on that left eye. <laughs> um, and there's certain parts of my nose that if you touch or rub, um, I feel like somebody is actually poking my eyeball. Yeah. Like it's, it's just hasn't, that part hasn't changed. So, um, yeah, I'm scared to death to go get my eyebrows waxed. I have no idea. Seriously. <laughs> no, really. Cause I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're, the nerves are just kind of confused. Some of, some like things. Like they got rewired, like yeah. your, your panels wired backwards or something. Right. Yeah. It's not anything that causes, um, like literal dysfunction of the eye, but, um, you know, God forbid I get a pimple on my nose and need to pop it. Like, it would feel like somebody is literally poking a needle in my eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's just, uh, it's a 
it's yeah, crazy little things. It was a things. great visual. By was the way. it? Was it? Because I thought you'd like that. It's solid. <laughs> I approve um, of this no, visual. Okay, you you think that's funny, but I actually it's really an issue. No, like, I, I, I know it is. I, I don't know. want a pimple on my nose because <laughs> that hurts. Like the pain of it surfacing, like yeah. a pimple does. I don't feel it on my nose. I feel it in my eyeball. Right. right. It's <laughs> which crazy. is a horrible thought. It's a horrible thought. <laughs> like you, yeah. Mm, ah. <laughs> um. My skull. Your your whole, I mean, My like scalp. a quarter of your scalp it just has no uh, feeling at all. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, the top half all the way down to my eyebrow. Um, there's no feeling. So there's no feeling like if you were, if I'm blow drying my hair, um, I can't, I have to be very conscious that I do not keep the heat in one spot, that I keep moving that hair dryer around because I can't tell when it heats up too much. You can't feel when it starts Mm-mm. to burn. Mm-mm. Yeah. So curling in my hair, things like that, that I'm very conscious that uh, I am not touching because I could touch my scalp with my curling iron hot and would know it. And, and tell it, until you heard late. it sizzle. Yep. <laughs> so one of the, one of the more aggravating things that I deal with on a daily basis, and it can become pretty consuming, is that um, <laughs> even though I can't feel, we joke, I have a numb skull, but <laughs> <laughs> there is nerve sensation all over my scalp. Yeah. But it's like the nerves are firing all the time. So it feels kind of like my... Like I need to put pressure on my head and I need to rub the nerves like to get rid of it. It's it's not really an itch like a mosquito bite, but it's about that irritating. Yeah. Um, and when that starts really firing, it becomes um, a bit unbearable. So Yeah, I will catch you. Like sometimes I'll walk in the room or something or look over at you on the couch and I'll catch you just like fiercely rubbing your whole scalp. I mean, just yes. both hands, just yeah. Right, and it's a little, it's a little scary. I have to, I have to really be conscious that I'm doing that, or have somebody point it out because I think I could literally scratch a hole in my scalp yeah. and not know I did. Yeah. So um, even though there's that sensation, the sensation that that I would scratch something too much or that I would rub my scalp too much, I, I can't, um, I can't gauge that I guess yeah. um, I do have a very expensive <laughs> um, like a tonic that I have found um, it's actually just a hair product it, it, it helps a ton yeah it actually um, is used to promote um, hair growth um, but it's the way that it works is that it grabs the follicle it causes circulation in the scalp and grabs the follicle and holds on to it so people don't lose their hair mm. well i'm not necessarily i'm not losing hair now i did right after surgery which mm-hmm. was the first reason my um uh hairstylist had recommended it to me well the bonus side effect of that was that something about that tonic um quiets the nerves mm-hmm. and so i get some sense of relief it lasts about a month, the bottle does, and it's like 60 bucks. Yeah. So it's a pretty um, uh, pricey daily routine. And well worth it. <laughs> As I we don't, discuss yeah, every month. I know. I have so much, I don't know, guilt of, around spending that kind of money on something. But um, but it is a, it is the only thing that I have found that works. Um, 
I, I made the mistake of going on uh, craniotomy forums, um, brain surgery survivor forums. Yeah. And some people had this side effect of the scalp and the nerve um, itching. I don't know what else to call it. Um, you're, as you're I'm as I'm now. rubbing it right now. Yeah, you're rubbing um, right now. <laughs> but it. Uh, some people had it go away and they restored all of that. My um, neurosurgeon expected it to all come back, but it hasn't. The nerves um, haven't quieted. So other people have had it be a lifetime thing. So I'm learning to settle in that this yeah. is my new normal. Yeah. Um, but um, it does make for a, a self-awareness level. Um, like I said, I don't, I'll be at work and some of my coworkers will be like, you know, pointing out right, that I'm doing right. that. And especially now during COVID when we're trying you're not to be supposed to touch your face space at yeah. all. And it's not just my scalp. It's like around my whole eye, my nose, um, forehead, all of that area. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's a, that's probably one of my more, um, daily consuming, um, side effects. So, I mean, these are things that you could almost say that that all makes sense. I mean, it's like you've got nerve damage, you've got, you know, the nerve issues that go with that numbness mm-hmm. in your scalp. You've got some eye movement, you know, that right. isn't fully back there. We didn't talk about your pupil, but I mean, you're oh, yeah, you, my you don't have a you don't have a blown pupil. It's a but it's a it reacts differently. So it's mm-hmm. not it it actually reacts. It 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 uh, opens and closes. It just does it whenever it wants to. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not just, it doesn't follow it, your good eye. It's just yeah. kind of like, eh, I feel like being yeah. closed right now. Yeah. Um, so technically my my pupil dilation does not work. It is not synced with correct. my other eye. Yeah. So at times when it's very open, yeah. um, it can possibly be in bright lights and it's not closing like it's supposed to. So um, bright lights can be a, yeah. a fun experience. Um, so, you know, these are the things that you would kind of look at and you'd say that all makes sense. Right. You also have this, this huge um, thing that you that you deal with after all of this, that has completely taken you off guard, mm. and that is that you feel like you like your energy levels yeah. just have never come back after this. Yeah. Can, yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Um, I think you know we initially expect that when you have surgery that it's going to be a while before you feel back to yourself. I kept trying to run. I kept trying to mm-hmm. stay active, um, but I literally, I have, uh, I have a what do you call it? A battery life every day, um, yeah. and when it's done, it's done. Yeah. Um, I have found it difficult to work full time. Um, and not be able to... You do. I do work full-time, but, it's, but um, it's... Weekend comes around, and by Friday, you're just dragging. I'm dragging. I usually spend most of the weekend um, resting. I mean, literally mm-hmm. on my back resting. Um, the, it's a, it's an exhaustion that I've never known yeah. before. Yeah. Um, the things that I was used to doing um, are not um, easy for me anymore. Um, yeah. So I think that's been the hardest one to adjust to because I have, um, you know, prior to this, I had been training for, you know, triathlon Ironman events and, you know, really pushing, pushing, pushing mm-hmm. my body and saying, you know, it was up to me mentally what I decided to put into this and my body was going to respond. It is not 
like that anymore. It's that right. that's the listening to myself and respecting what I'm capable of um, coming coming back to things. Um, it's 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 mental energy yeah. too. So um, if I know that I have a mentally taxing week, um, I have to be prepared. Our whole family does has to be prepared that on the weekend, I'm. Yes. Or in the evenings when I come home, I'm not um, very functional. Yeah. Um, um, and, and again, this is, I think this has probably been more difficult for you to deal with than all the other lasting symptoms. Yeah. Because it is just like, it, like it's emotionally taxing for you mm-hmm. because, um, I'm not used to rest. Rest was not something yeah. in my vocabulary prior to this, which, you know, that's an extreme too. Yeah. I, I often found myself in um, deep burnout mm-hmm. um, because I just didn't know how to rest. But then you like, you know, you, you feel all this guilt because of it too. <laughs> yeah. That you wrestle with. And well, I, yeah, I've, my, because of that change in activity level, um, I have gained weight that I had worked for years to, um, to run off and to take control of the health of my body, um, through activity. And, um, so I've had to learn to have a completely different relationship with my body because it's, it's just not the same. It's, it, it feels often, it feels very foreign. Like I well, exist in, that. yeah, we've I exist about- inside a vessel that I don't Recognize. You don't have the same body that you did before, um, and and so, you know, you know, I, I I am constantly talking to you in terms of trying to convince you to stop fighting that, <laughs> to just embrace it, yeah. and to learn this new body. You oh, know? Casey, but you um, know <laughs> the fighter that I am, and yeah. and I think I do. I do. <laughs> I think it's it's one reason I got to the other side of this. On yeah. the other hand, it's it's a bit of my demise in learning my new normal too. Yeah. So. Um I it's I mean, you you've had uh you've had guilt over you know, having to pull back from activity with friendships. Of course, right now during COVID, that's not really a thing. <laughs> well, you know. But you know, because friends not really understanding that, yeah. like the deep weariness that mm-hmm. you that you have, and um, and you know, not wanting them to feel like to take it personally, you yeah. know, but feeling so guilty because because you know that sometimes they do, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when everybody else gets done with their job for the day or the week. And they're ready to spend time with each other. I'm. Let's go play. Yeah. Let's go do something together. Let's, let's go, go for a run together. Let's go, let's go for a hike. And go you're just like, have dinner. I somewhere. have to go lay down. Yeah. And it's a very real thing for you. That's the thing. It's a very real thing for you. Um, and I have to say, I have a beautiful village around yeah, you me. You have incredible friends. Yes. Um, but it's it's more my internal conflict with yes. it than theirs. So yeah. it's um, this. I want to be what I was. I want to be something that I am not really capable right. of right now. Right. Um, so uh, grace is probably a big uh, 
word I need to have (laughs) in my life. But um, uh, I'm very selective in where my energy goes. I understand that I have a certain reserve of it. And um, in some ways, it's allowed me to create um, healthy boundaries in my life that I never did for myself before. Yeah. So um, it's a it's a bit of a blessing in the midst of the discomfort of it. Okay, so this is a great segue. Because hmm. I actually really want to talk about this too. I want to talk about what are what are the things that you have learned, hmm. um, be, like strictly because of this, because of what you have gone through with this, what have you learned? What new outlook have you developed about life and the world? Um, what are you, what are you thankful for because of this? I think it depends on the day that you ask me. Because there's times where I get up in the morning and I am getting ready for work and I see my face and it doesn't look like my face. Um, it's definitely a different shape. It's odd. I, I don't recognize it. Um, other people will say I don't see a difference, but um, I've learned how to hide the changes. You know, I haven't I haven't really embraced that part yet. Um, and you'd think I should just be so thankful. But it's just foreign. imagine that. I can't imagine not recognizing myself. But I have that moment and then there's this like you you exhale that feeling and then you inhale but I can see myself in the mirror. Hmm. You know? There was a time where I couldn't. So it's this relationship like breathing inhaling one thing and exhaling another so if I was going to say what do I what have I learned it's balance Mm. you know Um, learning learning that living in extremes like I used to doesn't um, define my worth Um, but steady balance of uh, daily life is healthier for me and it's um, it's actually good space Um, like there's clarity there Um, I've also learned that uh, time is a friend. Um, I used mm. to chase, 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 chase deadlines and time mm. frames and mm. age and I mean all the things you know that that time does to us and 
And now I've learned that even if there's conflict somewhere in my life or a relationship or a circumstance that I don't know the other side to or I'm problem solving something because I problem solve the shit out of everything. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that time is a friend in those things to just sit with it for a period of time. That um, things aren't going to just fall apart. Um, but uh, but I don't have to impulsively live life. That I can mm -hmm. sit in it and mm -hmm. absorb the presence of the moment and and let things um, let things rest. I've also learned that. Uh, I have this literal picture picture in my head of um, the fragments <laughs> of my skull that came apart, like the literal fragmented way that my my head is put back together, um, reconstructed. There's so much titanium in there; it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it becomes a very strong picture for me of how I was living my life fragmented. So I lived with physically, I had these physical routines of running and running goals and those types of things. And I had this spiritual life, my faith practices and that the mm. culture that went along with it. And I had, um, you know, things that I was dealing with in terms of mental, like anxieties and stresses and um, that kind of uh, push, push, push in my life. And could not find cohesiveness for the three to exist peacefully together. Mm. And so the brain surgeries forced me to, to make these three parts of me get along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I couldn't heal my body um, without my brain. Um, I had to heal from some deep spiritual oppressions in my life um, to be able to leave space for my body to heal, mm. for my mental to heal, you know? Um, I also had to learn uh, how to restrict abusive people in my life um, because that was energy suck that I didn't have energy for anymore. Yeah. So um, so all of that, uh, it's it's balance. It's, it's pulling it all together. But I know in my um, podcast for Connected, it has been very important for me to to tell the stories of people connecting the parts of them back together because that is exactly what I've had to do that has healed me even more than pulling a tumor out of my head. Mm. It's been it, the putting it all back together is the true healing process. Mm. You have, you know, you've talked a number of times about, you know, this going through this experience and, and even other experiences have led you to this place that you are today mm -hmm. where um, you want to help others find wholeness in their fragmented lives. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to find that cohesive part of them that pulls it all back together and all that. And, and you've talked about these things as being instrumental in bringing you to those conclusions. I mean, there's a, a number of things that you 
that you decisions that you made and things mm-hmm. that you sought out after all of this. Right. Um, what do you What do you say to people who feel like their lives are just generally fragmented, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not cohesive? Do they and and they say you know, but I. I haven't had a big event in my life like this. I haven't had that catalyzing kind of event or, or is that what it takes? You know, yeah, right, what do you, right. what do you say to people like that? Well, one, I, I wouldn't want anybody to have, um, a tumor <laughs> to have brain surgery. Right. I wouldn't want anyone to have catastrophic events in their life if they didn't have to. Um, in I feel fortunate and unfortunate that it took something like this for me to see the writing on the wall in my life. Um, but I, but I recognize things now that, um, I didn't at the time, um, disconnect with my presence, you know, the moment, um, always being in a different time frame than the one I was actually in at the moment. So whether it was being in the past or being in the future, I was not present in the now. Um, you can sense that about yourself without having brain surgery. Yeah. Um, you find that things are internally at conflict. Okay, I believe these things about my faith or my my culture around me, but I'm seeing it emerge in conflict somewhere else. Anxiety, uh, skin issues you know, all kinds of things that just kind of, it it has to go somewhere. It has to purge somewhere. Right. So seeing, um, the writing on the wall, um, I don't think has to take (laughs) catastrophic circumstances, but it does take a village in your life helping you recognize it. Mm. When somebody says, hey, you might want to take a weekend off and not work all weekend. Or um, why are you so tense all the time? Um, uh, why, why do you seem um, contentious about going to church? Um, you know, uh, it can be a whole number of things sure. um, where you start to uh, get hints that your, um, your being is not at peace with all the parts of itself. Mm. So, um, for me, it has taken some literal physical groundings, um, being very aware of the taste of my food. Oh, that's the other thing. I don't have my smell anymore. Brain oh, surgery took that yeah, too. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. So. I know. You, but now you that I said tasting food. A superpower. <laughs> it was, it was my superpower. I lost that one. Which and was horrible for all of us in your family. Because you could always smell our bad breath from across the room and we're like, seriously? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think um, like really grounding to the five senses, Hmm. you know, um, not just looking around on a run, I would just run. And my friend Carly started to teach me had to be aware of what I was seeing on my run, what I yeah. was smelling yeah, on yeah, my yeah. run, what I, you know, and, and physic like taking in what it is I'm feeling 
and what I'm tasting. And those things bring you back to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I do that as more of a life practice now is that um, awareness. Um, coming back to writing and journaling and blogging and yeah. um, and looking at how I communicate what I experience, um, those are grounding experiences as well. And um, And I think that for those of us who are very charged by um, performance uh, or um, goals or things, you know, that give us some kind of self-marker, like I made it to this, I made it to that, um, grounding becomes incredibly important to be very aware of the present. Mm. So, um, So I think that there's things that because of the craniotomy, I had to become hyper aware. I was forced to look at these things in my life, um, which is why um, because of that teaching experience in my own life, I, I want to help other people that don't need a craniotomy to be able to come to Mm. a more whole experience of themselves, a true, authentic, um, uh, connected experience of themselves um, without the catastrophic yeah. you know experiences too mm-hmm. although we all have them in different ways shapes and sure. forms so um, so some of us do need um, guides and help um, to mm. move through that well I know that you know as much as I, I again like you said I would I would never wish this on you <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, would never wish you wish it on you again, um, but we have grown so incredibly close through this. Yeah. Um, when when we were already in this phase of growing really close, and then this hit, and you know, and it yeah. just it because it's you know you can't, I was going to say you can't go through something like this and not find it, but I realize people do. Um, but it's just been like. You know, we joke about it at times, you know, that we went through it, like, together, you know. And you oh, say, yeah. we had a craniotomy or we had a tumor yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and, and we joke about that. But there's a part of it where it's oh, like, yeah. where it's like, we say that for a reason. And it's it, it's a slip up for a reason. Because obviously we know that we didn't share a tumor, you know. <laughs> and, but we shared an experience. Yeah. Um, and, um, and... Again, I'm I'm I am incredibly grateful in all the wonderfully selfish kinds of ways for what I still have in this, you know, mm-hmm. that that I still, you know, have the relationship, I still have, you know, my marriage, I still have um you know, access to you. I'm, I'm trying to avoid so hard to say <laughs> I, had a, I have a wife. Um, <laughs> all of those things. Um, but You're and such so a good little I'm, in, I'm incredibly grateful yeah. for, for all of that. Um, and then I, at the same time, I look and I see the conversations you're having with others. And I'm just like, I, I get almost giddy sometimes. Um, hearing you engage with others and, and seeing the impacts that you're having in others and um, and knowing that this was a catalyst for a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like this this event in in your life 
said, there's, there's more. Um, there's more yeah. to be a part of. There's more to be engaged with. There's more, um, there's more than, than just existing, you know? Um, I think I kind of screwed just existing there. <laughs> no, I can dub that in. We haven't even finished our wine. I know. <laughs> so, I, I this is like this is a true celebration for me. Yeah. This is a great weekend. Yeah. No, it is, and I hope we always we always celebrate it, and that I that I always take the time to remember the things that we do celebrate because I can get hunkered down into the you know the nerve issues and then sure you know of course insecurities and all of that yeah. that come with it so it is a good space for me to celebrate and I think that that was one of the things that became important to me to have this podcast recorded and put yeah. out at this time is because um, I think life gets heavy when we don't stop yeah. to celebrate um, and for some people um, it's a birthday for others, it's an anniversary. Yeah. And for some, it's recovery. Um, for others, it's a it's a victory over oppression. Yeah. There's so many things that that we can celebrate, and in this crazy world that we're living in right now, with COVID and um, serious injustice issues, in, particularly in America, um, we're going to have to take the time and the space to stop and celebrate. Even if we have to stop right in our tracks and mm. say it out loud. So good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I really appreciate you taking the time with me to go through this because <laughs> I honestly, walking into this conversation, I wasn't I wasn't completely sure what I am thankful for and what I'm celebrating mm. in this. Um, I think it actually takes speaking it out loud and sharing the story. Sure. To, uh, to oh, to ground myself in the reality of the celebration yeah. yeah awesome yeah well this is your podcast so you get oh, to take so us I out. get to end it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I am so open to is helping others tell their story I know mm. it's been a healing process for me to be able to share mine mm. when people ask me well what about this how did that feel it is, it is good space to talk about it. Um, but it's also been uh, hugely life-giving for me to hear the stories of other people around mm. me. Yeah. And I want to keep sharing this podcast space with people who want to share that story of, of themselves connecting back. Mm. Um, and so we're going to keep doing this as long as people want to keep sharing their stories. Um, yeah, so... There we go. Thank you for listening, and may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you.